Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join on the phone, online, or via text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at wdws.com. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. Here on this Wednesday morning, we've hit the 17th day of January, past the midway point of the month. Glad you're with us this morning. We're at 9.05. Temperature gauge here says minus 3 in downtown Champaign in our uh, new studios here. Glad to be with you this morning. We have an open line here in this first hour. We can talk about a variety of topics. I've got several here that I've listed that I will go through and mention. And if there's something you want to bring up, certainly we can do that and discuss that, as uh, we always like to do on an open line. You can call us, text, or email, as you just heard. But uh, in the uh, second hour, Jim Dye is going to uh, join me here, of course, on the editorial staff here at the News Gazette. Lots of issues that he's been writing about and lots of uh, the local issues we can get into with him as well. So that's our plan for today. Tomorrow morning at 9, we'll talk about the flu. Uh, Julie Pride is going to join us from the Champaign-Urbana Public Health District. Always a great guest. She'll be on in the 9 o'clock hour, 10 o'clock hour tomorrow, an open line until 10.30, and then Busey Money Talk. And right now we have some open lines available on Friday from Madison, Wisconsin. We'll head up north to Madison. The Illini and the Badgers will play on Friday night at 8 o'clock. 356-9397. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. You can always email us, talk at wdws.com. A couple of national headlines first. Doctors say the president is in excellent health. He weighs just under 240 pounds. His cholesterol is a little high. They say he could stand to lose 10 to 15 pounds, but who couldn't, right? His cognitive skills got a 30 out of 30 on the exam that uh, I read today that he did not have to take, but he did take it. They say he needs to eat better. And the doctor went on to say that if he had eaten better over the last 25 years, he might live to be 200 years old. So those were some of the comments from the president's physical exam. Republicans and Democrats arguing over a spending bill to avoid a government shutdown here in a couple of days. What about all the gaming sites here locally in Champaign? There's a lot of stories on that today. The Champaign City Council was dealing with some of that last night. Urbana City Council, Diane Marlin, you may have heard her this morning. On with Dave and Elizabeth, talking about what to do with Lincoln Square. And what can they do with Lincoln Square? Obviously, it's in its heyday. It was kind of the center of the community there in uh, downtown Urbana. But over the years, times have changed. Different uh, stores have come and gone. Uh, Health Alliance has been in that building. They're getting ready to move out over to uh, West Champaign. So what are they going to do with that site? The combination of the Lincoln Square Mall building itself and then, of course, the hotel, which is right there adjacent to it, Landmark Hotel, what to do with all that. So if you have some thoughts on that, I know Diane Marlin's looking to hear from you on that. And to Steve Bannon not answering questions about his time with the Trump White House. Are you surprised by that? So any or all of those topics today, 
As we move along here on an open line in this first hour, Jim Dye from the News Gazette editorial, editorial staff will join us in hour number two. We'll take our opening break, get to your phone calls and your emails and your texts next on A Penny for Your Thoughts on a Wednesday. Stay tuned. We're back on Penny for Your Thoughts. Glad you're with us this morning. Brian Barnhart in our studios here in downtown Champaign. Lots to talk about today, 356-9397. And you can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357. Yeah, Wisconsin played last night at Purdue and got blown out 78-50 by the Boilermakers. Purdue now 18-2. and They've won 14 straight, 19 straight at home, and have matched the best 20-game record in school history. By going 18 and two, Badgers now nine and ten, two and four in the conference. That's the Illini opponent coming up Friday night at eight. And as I said, we'll broadcast the show Friday morning from Madison, Wisconsin. Let's go to the phones to get us started here this morning. Jim's our leadoff hitter. Hey, Jim, how are you? Oh, I'm just fine. Uh, Brian, <laughs> congratulations on your show. Oh, uh, thank you. Well, I've always uh, want to listen to Penny for your thoughts on that. But, uh, Brian, did you see any of the press conference uh, with uh, this doctor, uh, what was it, Ronnie Jackson? I did not see it, but I did hear, I've heard a lot on it and heard some sound bites from it. Well, I'm going to tell you, I watched it, unless you watch Fox News, you probably didn't see it all. But they, I didn't see all of it, but I've seen probably 80% of it. And I'm going to predict, Brian, that if Trump was to get a second term, I never seen such stupid uh, in in one room in all my life. These reporters, I mean, it was just. I'm telling you, if Trump gets another term, these people we're gonna have to build onto the psych wards. These people were asking this doctor if he had dentures. What's his waistline? Are you sure he's not demented? Uh, well, you know, uh, that guy from CNN says, well, you know, that uh, test that he took really doesn't say anything about his, uh, you know, it, it's not a psychiatrist test, though, is it? No. You know, I mean, anything and everything, every question was derogatory. And, and I, if I'd have been that doctor, I'd have said, you know, why don't you ask me some questions that really mean something? But every question in that thing was trying to be, Trump down. They wanted to know what his waistline was. And then, like I said, well, that one girl said, I think he slurred his words the other day. Would that be because he's wearing dentures? I mean, you know, how stupid can reporters be? Well, and, yeah. Well, they, know, yeah, I but... mean, it, that is a good uh, contest right there or proof that Trump will never, ever get a, a, uh, a square deal. I mean, when they're trying to put him down like that, and, and I mean, they're browbeating the doctor. They want the doctor to say something. That's the most stupidest thing. And I'm telling you, these people need psychiatric help. They really do. <laughs> I'm serious as a yeah. heart attack. No, I, I understand. Uh, they said they said he received a score 30 out of 30 on the Montreal Cognitive Assessment. That's a well-known test regularly used at Walter Reed and other hospitals. And he told the doctor, he said, now that's not always, uh, I mean, that's not one of the things, but he told the doctor, I want that test, and I want you to go out there, and I want you to take every question, every question they ask. And by golly, you know, they just couldn't break that doctor. I mean, he just told the truth. 
Well, well, and the I saw where the uh, former uh, Dan Pfeiffer, who is the President Obama's senior advisor, said that the Dr. Jackson, the doctor you're referring mm-hmm. to, is a phenomenal doctor and a really great guy. He said he and his team took great care of us uh, in the yeah. White House for many years. So, um, you know, he seems to have a good reputation. He took care of the doctor. I mean, the doctor, same doctor was Obama's, and the same doctor was Bush's. And now he's a... I think he's a, uh, in the Navy, I think. I don't know for that's, sure. That but, sounds uh, right, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, now, I mean, that that's just tells you what this media is trying to do to Trump. And if anybody don't think so, I'll debate him any time they want. All right. But, uh, I mean, it, it is, it's just uh, asinine is what it is, is what the media is doing. And, uh, I mean, you're just... You're just going to have to live with the people because he's going to get elected again, and the more they gripe at him, the better I feel about him. All right. Hey, Jim, thanks for the call today. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Goodbye. You bet. Yep. Great to hear from you. Three five six nine three nine seven. We're at 917. We're on a penny for your thoughts. Glad you're with us here this morning. And Henry's up next. Number two. Hey, Henry. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Good. Good. Your first caller is absolutely right. I actually watched the whole thing. And at one point, I thought it was almost becoming a parody, almost like a Saturday Night Live skit. I seriously doubt Saturday Night Live can outdo something like that. Because <laughs> it was a doctor speaking to a kindergarten class. And it was just the most amazing thing to, to watch. And you'll just go on YouTube and, and uh, find that. And uh, I, I think you'll enjoy it. So it's rather remarkable. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen it. I didn't have a chance to. Uh, I guess the, uh, the, you know, you mentioned the the slurred words. Apparently the doctor said that it was caused by Sudafed. Yeah, um, Yeah, that's what he said. Is what he said. Dry mouth. He didn't say that, but other people have said that. And he also said Mr. Trump does not wear dentures of any kind. That's a popular. Actually, I think he said that, and then somebody else asked him a question. One of the reporters asked a question with regard to that, and it was like, well, he already covered that. Why are you asking that question again? <laughs> but it's totally amazing. It really is like a Saturday Night Live uh, skit. So uh, I, what I wanted to say uh, as quickly as I can here, on that Michael Wolf Fire and Fury, uh, I think Wikipedia, in fact, I know Wikipedia had apparently somehow um, got a hold of, of uh, a file on that book, and they released it. And just proving to that, and also from what other people are saying, you know, if if, if 80% of what this guy, well, if 20% of what this guy wrote in his book is true, I'd be pretty amazed at that. Uh, not about what's going on in the Trump administration, but, but rather that this guy can get away with writing what he did uh, and, and to be so well-received by the media. I, I think what this guy has done um, uh, is that he created kind of an echo chamber environment, and he took a lot of narratives in, in, uh, with him. And uh, when he went in this whole uh, uh, work that he did mm-hmm. here, and even when he came out, because a lot of the media, the, what we, the false narratives that we call fake news, uh, can kind of be found in the strains uh, throughout his book. And I find that rather fascinating that he created an echo chamber like that. Yeah, well, I, I always think of in, in books like that, and, and, you know, he even admitted, he said, hey, it's up to the reader to kind of determine what yeah. they think. I mean, that's what Wolf said. And, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, hey, if it's 
sounds right. Yeah. Then maybe it is right. I always think of the old line about don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. There right? you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the other issue is uh, the Democrats seem to be balking at, uh, you know, uh, money for the wall, $18 billion. I've heard different numbers on this. Yeah, I find it interesting that uh, they didn't seem to have a big problem when uh, uh, President Obama, I don't know if there was some kind of legal requirement or somehow he was what he was doing, but he sent $180 billion, or some have said it's $140 billion, to Iran. And I'm thinking, okay, so somehow we could send $140 billion to Iran, which is you know, basically an enemy of ours and is a rogue nation. That was part of and the Iran nuclear deal? Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Part of the Iran nuclear buy-off is what it was. And we got a bad deal in the process, though there's a lot of debate about that. Yeah. And yet we can't seem to scrounge up a, a rounding error, essentially, of $18 billion for the wall, because they're saying, well, we don't really have the money for that. And I find that rather... Interesting. Yeah, well, there's there's money, and then there's political will, so it just uh, kind of depends. But uh, all right, exactly. Thank you, Henry. Yeah, one more. Yeah. One last thing, yep. if I can. Yeah. Uh, on on this uh, renewal, uh, uh, on this FISA uh, act that we have, I find it also interesting that there's a big rush to to revalidate that or to renew that FISA act, which I think has some serious flaws in it relating to. Uh, uh, you know, liberties and, and intrusion, surveillance, and that kind of stuff. And uh, I find it interesting. There's a big rush by uh, what we call rhinos um, and the never-Trumpers and also the Democrats to renew that when, indeed, among many of them, they think that Trump's a nut and that, you know, his finger's on the nuclear button and anything can happen and that he's he's basically a fascist Nazi and this kind of stuff. How, uh, given how that... FISA and some other uh, surveillance uh, agencies were weaponized by uh, the previous Obama administration. I wonder why they would re-up something like that when we're dealing with supposedly a dictator yeah. in, the, in the office. So that's one All of right. those other kind of cognitive dissonance things. So, yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thanks, Brian. Henry. All right, next caller is Alan. Hey, Alan, good morning. How are you? Pretty good, uh, Brian. Uh, I had to wait a day. I couldn't call you yesterday. Uh had to get over the game night before. <laughs> yeah, you, you, like we always find a way to find some way to lose. I yeah, going to break the break the jinx. That when I saw there was eight seconds left, and really I thought there was only two or three seconds left. But when I saw there was eight seconds left, I said, "Oh, this ain't good." Yeah, well, I so, I, I didn't. Feel, I thought, okay, they finally broke through. You know, I thought yes. if they finally made a winning play that Coach Underwood's been talking about, you know, is to make a winning play when it counts. And I thought they did. And I thought, well, it'll be hard for Nebraska to go the you know full length of the court and get a decent look. And turned out he kind of threw in a running shot like uh, Trent Frazier did against Iowa. Yeah. Well, uh, they looked discombobulated coming up the half court. And then all of a sudden there was an opening and mm-hmm. got it to the right guy and he got it off pretty good. Uh, I have a football question. You and Lauren was talking about uh, we was looking at an offensive coordinator. What was his name? Uh, Matt Canada. He was at LSU. I've heard that name. Yeah, he was at LSU. He's been at Wisconsin. Uh, graduated from Indiana. Was assisted at Northern Illinois at one point back about a decade ago. 
Okay. So that was one. That was one of the names that when when all this first came out, his name was you know speculated on pretty heavily. And then I guess he and the coach at LSU, I don't know what happened, but anyway, they set they parted company, and so he's available. And that was one of the names that was rumored at least that that might be who it could be. So. Well, hopefully we get somebody soon. I hope so. Thank you, Alan. Yep. Bye. Great to hear from you. Nine twenty four. Yeah, the doctor was Rear Admiral Ronnie, I'm sorry, Ronnie Jackson, a native of Texas, graduated from Texas A&M in 1991, Bachelor of Science in Marine Biology, then went on to medical school at the University of Texas Medical Branch, got his doctor of medicine from there. James joins us here at 924 on an open line on Penny for Your Thoughts. Go ahead. Hey, how are you this morning, sir? Good, how are you? Oh, kind of hurt my wrist a little bit, but I'm doing all right. How'd you do that? Uh, oh, I smacked it on something, a good one. Oh, okay. Maybe it's... Well, maybe it's maybe. Anyway, the one thing I want to say is, is, has anybody thought about the atrocity that happened in California? And I'd like to hear your comments on that. Oh, the whole California children situation? Yes, that's just the worst thing I've ever wow. seen in my life. It's awful. It's just awful. I, I don't, you know, the kids range, what, from 2 to 29, I think. You're talking about adults at that point. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go at that, but anytime okay. you want to say. All right. Well, I, I, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I, we talked about it yesterday a little bit with Steve Futterman, who was covering it for CBS. Just a horrific story with the 13 uh, kids or young adults that were, I guess they came out of the house on occasion, but basically when they found them after a teenager escaped, from the house, they found 12 other siblings basically shackled to their beds or in different places in the house. Just a horrific, horrific story. And the and the two parents are, I think it's a $9 million bond, being held and facing charges. And um, it was just terrible. And I, I talked about this yesterday a little bit, just the fact that I know as a society, which, you know, that's changed. The, the days of the kids running up and down your whole neighborhood, you knew everybody in the neighborhood, and you knew their families, and you knew their background, and I mean, those days just aren't as prevalent anymore. I mean, you, you, and I'm guilty too. I mean, you, sometimes you live next to somebody and you barely know them. And I'm just, I scratch my head and go, how could something like this happen? How does, how does that get missed all these years? You think of the Cleveland situation two or three years ago with the women uh, that were trapped in a house there. I, but it does happen. It just makes you shake your head. We're at 926. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Open line. What's on your mind today? We're going to play a little clip here coming up after the break, uh, maybe right after the news. We'll uh, hear from the Urbana Mayor, Diane Marlin. She was on with Dave and Elizabeth this morning about what to do about Lincoln Square. What can we do about that? And she's taking ideas, and we'll hear from her on that and also maybe get some thoughts from you. But Jim Dye in hour number two on a Penny for Your Thoughts as we move along here on a Wednesday. Brian Barnhart, Penny for your thoughts. Glad you're with us. Three five six nine three nine seven. Text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line three five one five three five seven. Email us talk at wdws dot com. You've heard us talking for years about Woods Basement Systems since nineteen eighty six. The Woods family's helped over fifty five thousand homeowners. Our basement or crawl space or wall cracks a problem. Talking about the foundation walls of your home, well, Woods knows all about leaking basements and wall cracks, but did you know that crawl space wall cracks will let water leak into your crawl space? You don't want that. Eventually it could lead to mold. 
So you want to take care of that. By the way, January is Radon Action Month. Woods Basement Systems Radon Experts can help determine if a building's radon levels are above the EPA's recommended levels. So you want to take care of that. If so, they can install an aesthetically pleasing and affordable radon mitigation system. Remember, Woods Estimates do not cost you anything. Get an estimate from them. And think about this. How much is it costing you to not fix that problem? Don't let this uh, deteriorate. Give Woods Basement Systems a call at 888-935-4333, 888-935-4333, or go to woodsbasementsystems.com. Got a text in. It says from Ernie, he says, I've said this before. If an establishment can be fined for not shoveling their walks with snow, why can't they be fined for not picking up their trash? Some of these places are a disgrace, especially North Prospect. There does seem to be a lot of trash out there if you drive in that part of town. They're uh, north of the mall in that area. I, for one, won't go to those places. That's from Ernie. All right, uh, we'll talk a little more in the second half hour. Jim Dye will join us in the second hour overall just after 10. So give us a call. We're at 931. Michael Kaiser here with News Headlines on DWS. Welcome back. 937. We're at one degree now here in downtown Champaign. So we are warming up gradually. As we try to head for a high around 20, we'll see if we get there. And it looks like, according to Greg Solier, we'll be, what, in the mid-40s here by the weekend. So that'll be nice. Have an email here. It says, hi, Brian. Is there a way to find out about the number of listeners on WDWS for a certain time period? Because I was curious about how many listeners there are between the hours of the morning show and the other times. And he says there's a liberal host in the mornings that I think really have people turning the radio channel. That's from Mike in Champaign. We do get ratings numbers. Uh, Mike Hale is our general manager. He usually is the one who tracks that all the time. I can tell you that uh, historically, and I think it's basically uh, the case now still, that the uh, radio station as a whole gets very good ratings and with good reason. Uh, there's you know, a great history here and tradition of this uh, company and this radio station here at WDWS, so I can tell you the numbers are always very strong uh, as far as uh, when you look at other entities in the market, but I don't have the specific of you right now, but I know they have, uh, I think, a couple of times a year. I know Arbitron did it for years, and there's some other uh, organizations now in the market that do the rating services, but I think they usually do it about twice a year, a summer, what they call a, a spring book and a fall book for radio stations. And I can't remember exactly when those come out. But, yes, we do get those numbers, and we are. I mean, they have it measured uh, demographically. They have it measured uh, number of uh, listeners per hour, uh, cumulative numbers. They call them cum numbers. So there's a lot of ways to look at it. But uh, historically, uh, any of the programs have been very, very strong in the local ratings. But anyway, I hope that answers at least attempts to answer your question. Mike and Champagne, thank you for that. 356-9397. You can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357. Champaign City Council last night voted to, to enact regulations on video gambling. The new regulations passed 8-1. to one. Council member Tom Bruno voting no or against it. They came after concern from residents and some council members over the effects that video gambling has had on low-income neighborhoods or those prone to addiction as well as the way some gambling establishments are located close to each other. And they gave some numbers. Uh, Natalie Wickman had the uh, story today in the News Gazette. 
talking about the amount of gambling cafes, lounges. There are 19 gambling cafes slash lounges out of the 59 establishments that offer gambling in Champaign. does seem to be a lot of it. I, I've been in different places, and that's fine. I, you know, it's, it's been legalized. It's been approved. There's gaming all over the place. But I'm always uh, sometimes a little surprised. I walk in somewhere, and it's like, whoa, there's gaming right here. <laughs> I didn't expect to see that in that particular location. So I just if you had any thoughts on that, but they are going to try to cap some of that, according to the story. And also uh, Urbana talking about what to do with Lincoln Square. And I don't know if you heard Diane Marlin today, the mayor of Urbana. She was on earlier today with Dave and Elizabeth talking about uh, trying to get some ideas for what to do about a very historic place there at Lincoln Square. We're at a critical juncture for making, you know, for this place with the loss of the um, very large tent in the mall, with the hotel being closed, with Green Street being rebuilt. And Green Street is going to become the main corridor from um, Lincoln Avenue from campus to our downtown, and it brings people directly to the doorstep of this site. So that's why I um, really started thinking about um, we need to expand our focus, not just focus on the hotel or the mall, but really on this nine, this is a nine-acre site, uh, or, or nine square blocks, a 16-acre site, in the heart of our downtown, and we can um, we can transform the site, and and this will be a long term process. But you got to start with, I think, with having a vision of of what you want to see here, and then figure out a way to do it. The goal is to just let people share their ideas, and I can tell you, um, over the past year or so, um, you know, I, I met a lot of people, and during the course of my campaign, and this. This site was a frequent topic of conversation that, that the community members raised, and everyone seems to have an idea about what should happen here. And many people, of course, have very fond memories, including myself, of what used to be here. So I think, I think those kinds of, that kind of input will inform um, us going forward. And it should be very helpful to, to the um, owners of the owner of the mall, and he's very supportive of this process, by the way. And it should help us as a community uh, eventually come up with a good plan for this site. That's the Urbana Mayor Diane Marlin. She was on earlier this morning with Dave and Elizabeth on the morning show. So just kind of wanted to give you a little sample of what she had to say about that. Again, they're gathering or going to start gathering ideas soon about what to do with that particular area in Urbana. And, of course, uh, for uh, several generations, that mall brings back uh, memories of shopping. Uh, Herberger's Department Store, picking up vegetables at the Common Ground Food Co-op, experiencing the uh, beehive of activity at the Saturday market on the square. Remember when uh, Carson Perry Scott was in there? Uh, when I was growing up, I remember that. And there's some interesting stores that are in there now. And, of course, Health Alliance has been occupying that building for the last few years. But they are getting ready to move out of there. So I guess you know, just looking at ideas as to what to do. So if you have any thoughts on that, anything you want to share on that, feel free to do so uh, as you think about that a little bit this morning. We're at 943 here on Penny for Your Thoughts. So Champagne with the new video uh, gambling regulations. Is there too much gambling in town? Too, too available? The revenue stream is pretty good. I can tell you that. Once you start having the revenue come in, it gets harder to... Um, turn away some of that. They say uh, in the video gambling terminals in Champaign establishments last month, 
People put a total of 5,211,341 into video gambling. Of that, about 3.9 million went home with players, 308,000 went to the state, 61,000 went to the city, and 865,000 split evenly between the gambling establishments and terminal operators. So there's uh, certainly some cash flow there, that's for sure. Got a text in, says, Brian, did you see where Mike Loxley's in line for the offensive coordinator job at Alabama? Where is Ron Zook when we need him? Back-to-back bowl games and six and six. And he says, look where we are now. So that text in this morning on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. Your thoughts on any or all of that. One other note on the president's physical. You heard the doctor talking yesterday in that press conference. Don't know how many of you saw the press conference. I did not see the entire press conference. We had a couple of callers who did mention that they saw it, and it was the, the press was uh, pretty much badgering the doctor to look for any sign of trouble for the president on a health standpoint. The uh, doctor there, Dr. Jackson, who's again as a rear admiral, said the president sleeps only four to five hours a night, but he was not concerned about it. He says he rarely sees the president overly stressed, saying Mr. Trump has a unique ability to just get up in the morning and just reset. And asked about reports that Mr. Trump watches numerous hours of TV each day. Dr. Jackson said as far as he was concerned, he he can watch as much TV as he wants. Said the president has a lot of energy and a lot of stamina. He said he is asking for a nutritionist to consult with the White House chefs to cut the calories and fat in dishes served to the president, but he said the president remains healthy boy how much of this is just genetics really when you think about it i mean you can do so much with your health you can eat the right things you can exercise the way you should genetics are a huge part of it though i would think we're at 946 we'll come back with more penny for your thoughts your phone calls here in the remaining 15 minutes or less of this particular hour jim Dye joins us in hour number two we'll talk with him about some of the stories and things he's been writing about and maybe some of the stories we've touched on in this first hour too All of that coming up. Julie Pride tomorrow at 9. We'll talk about the flu. You probably know somebody, if not yourself, that's had the flu. Seems to be pretty widespread. I know it ravaged the the men's basketball team, that's for sure, in recent weeks. Uh, Various forms of the flu. So we'll talk about that with Julie Pride tomorrow. Open line at 10. Busey Money Talk at 10.30 tomorrow. We'll broadcast from Madison, Wisconsin on Friday morning. 9.47. Back with more Penny for Your Thoughts next on DWS. Stay tuned. Ron Penny for your thoughts this morning on this Wednesday. Glad you're with us. January 17th, 356-9397 are the, uh, the phone number, is the phone number. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. You can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Don't know if you watched any basketball last night. Uh, Barry Brown scored 24, Dean Wade with 21. K-State under Bruce Weber frustrated Oklahoma star Trey Young all game as uh, he was held to 20 points on 8 of 21 shooting in a Kansas State win over Oklahoma, Lon Kruger's team, 87-69. The Sooners were ranked fourth coming in into that ballgame. Don't know if you've seen Trey Young play or not. If you're a sports fan, you've probably heard of him already. But uh, he is a young man who uh, watched Stephon Curry play years ago in a game at Oklahoma when uh, Curry was with Davidson. And, of course, Curry now has become one of the stars, one of the big stars in the NBA for his ability to shoot long-range shots from just about anywhere and scoring abilities and a ton of commercials. And uh, this kid, I guess, modeled his game after 
Stephon Curry. And when you watch him play, he resembles him very much. He's very slender. Uh, he can, I mean, he crosses half court. You better be ready to guard him because he can score it, and he's averaging 30 points a game. So Lon Kruger has a really good player on his hands in Trey Young, but they got beat by the K-State Wildcats last night in Manhattan. Uh, upset the number four team in the country did K-State. The Facer Law Office wants you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Your Assets, and Your Family from the Cost of Long-Term Care. Learn about the law that completely changes the rules and more. Today, January 17th at 1.30, give the Facer Law Office a call. I guess they could squeeze you in, huh? 337-1111 to reserve your spot. And uh, check out and ask about the new book. I guess it's not so new anymore, but the book uh, co-authored by Elder Law Attorney Thorpe Facer, Protect Your Family, Don't Write a Blank Check to the nursing home. So your thoughts on any or all of this, if you have something you want to bring up here on an open line, Jim Dye will jump in here with us in hour number two. We started talking about the president's health, and the doctor there says the president is in excellent health, 239 pounds, his cholesterol is a little high, needs to exercise more, and there's been a lot of the mentally unfit uh, term thrown around with the president by his political opponents in particular. Well, the cognitive skills test, and I don't know what all is in a cognitive skills test, but he got a 30 out of 30 on the exam. So will that lay to rest? I doubt it, but will that lay to rest a lot of the uh, talk about the president's mental health? But anyway, he got a perfect score on that, and they say he just needs to uh, eat better. Doesn't drink or smoke. That certainly has helped, and they say he's got good genetics. All right, let's see here. We have a text. It says, I sincerely hope tonight's forum on gun violence in Champaign does not devolve into a cry for more gun control. Gun laws do nothing to deter crime. If they did, Chicago would be a model city. We need real solutions that start at home with the parent. We need to start seeing the behavioral problems in our youth while they are children and start corrective remedies then instead of later when they grow up and become dangerous. That text in from Matt in Homer. And an email on the talk at WDWS from Sarah. She says, my father worked mall maintenance there in the late 60s and early 70s. The mall permitted animals on leashes, I assume she's talking about Lincoln Square, to be inside the mall area. Let's see here. Uh, one day my father was walking down the mall area and a young man was headed toward him. One sleeve of his shirt was darker than the other. As they passed, it turned out the man had a snake draped around his arm with the head cupped in his hand my father told him he should leave the man replied this is a pet and pets are allowed my father replied but it's not on a leash <laughs> all right very good thank you Sarah. i appreciate that we're at 954 here at dws if you have some more emails and texts you want to send our way again jim dye will join us in hour number two in case you're wondering what uh, the email or the text was referring to the a forum on gun violence uh, at this panel. It's going to be at the the uh, building there downtown, the MTD building, the Illinois Terminal building, the fourth floor tonight, 6.30 to 8.30. They have a panel. They have uh, some discussions going on. Several people are going to be there. The police chief in Champaign, Anthony Cobb, Julia Reitz, the state's attorney for the county, is going to be there, among other guests, to discuss all of that. And uh, the Unit 4 PTA folks putting that together tonight. We're at 9.54 See what else is going on here. House Republicans leadership putting on the table a short-term bill 
The proposal ignores Democrats' demands for a legislative solution to protect young immigrants, known as Dreamers, and attempts to further gut Obamacare appeared, un- appeared unlikely to achieve the support of many Democrats. It's unclear what support there is among the Republicans. The measure presented to Republicans' rank-and-file members of the House in a closed-door meeting last night. So that's in the news today. Boy, these government shutdown the threats, they come about every uh, four or five weeks, don't they? Is this any way to run a railroad? Probably not. This day in history, 1917, Denmark ceded the Virgin Islands to the United States. $25 million for the Virgin Islands. And this day in 1953, a prototype of the Chevrolet Corvette unveiled during the General Motors Motorama at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York. And I think the auto show is going on in Detroit this week, I think, as we speak. I know I've seen a lot of news out of that. This day, January 17, 1977, the convicted murderer Gary Gilmore shot by a firing squad at the Utah State Prison. It was the first U.S. execution in a decade. See if you remember this. 1984, the U.S. Supreme Court in Sony Corp. of America versus Universal City Studios ruled 5-4, to four, it was 1984, that the use of home video cassette recorders to tape television programs for private viewing did not violate federal copyright laws. Boy, that's a relief. <laughs> I'd have been in trouble. <laughs> Taping shows on the old uh, VHS. How about that? And this day in 1998, the Drudge Report said Newsweek magazine had killed a story about an affair between President Bill Clinton and an unidentified White House intern. The same day, Clinton gave a deposition in Paula Jones' sexual harassment lawsuit against him in which he denied having a sexual relationship with Monica Lewinsky. That was, what now, is that really 20 years ago now? 1998. 356-9397. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 351-5357. We've had several of uh, both of those here this morning. Hey, if you're a uh, baby boomer or a Generation Xer or a millennial, everybody has financing stress, financial stress. It's a common uh, threat across generations. Finance is the top cause of stress for 38% of baby boomers, 46% of Generation X, 51% of millennials. Baby boomers concerned about retirement and health care. 52% believe they'll have to delay retirement, in fact. The Generation Xers, born from the mid-60s to the early 80s, a lot of those struggle to meet household expenses on time. 53% carry balances on their credit card. Millennials also struggling with their financial issues that they have, more concerned about meeting current expenses. And how do you get help for all of these generations? Well, Busey is there to help. Busey.com, visit the Resource Center, get some help there, visit any of the Busey convenient locations, contact them at one 800 67 Busey. Those are the ways you can get some help on that. And 9.58, we get a text here from Paul. He says, back around 1980 or 81, before Marketplace Mall was due to open, my dad, who managed the Baskin Clothing Store in Lincoln Square for years, suggested to Carson Prairie Scott, two on the mall, that they should open the first indoor outlet mall. They didn't think much of the idea. About a year or two later, you had Marketplace Mall eating Lincoln Square's lunch. And shortly thereafter, a large outlet mall outlet just down the road in Tuscola. Good grief, what an opportunity that was wasted. That's from Paul. We're talking about Lincoln Square and what to do with it. We heard from Diane Marlin during the 
course of the show. She was on this morning with the morning show and talking about getting ideas from Urbana residents, what to do with Lincoln Square. So we heard from her on that. Jim Dye may have some thoughts on that and some of the other issues we've been talking about here in the first hour. We've got the president's health. That was a big topic, of course, yesterday. We've got Steve Bannon. He's in the news. Jim Dye's been covering several local stories. What was the uh, Cunningham uh, Township Assessor issue? We've had that going on. I know Tom Kasich's been covering that. There's a lot of stories in relation to that. So uh, we'll touch on all of those possibly here during the second hour, and you can join us on an open line with Jim Dye in hour number two as well. Keep those texts and emails coming as we join you on a penny for your thoughts here this morning. We're approaching 10 o'clock. Brian Barnhart on Penny WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again, Brian Barnhart. Welcome back. Penny for your thoughts continues here on DWS. You heard the phone numbers, the text line, and the emails. Glad you're with us in hour number two. Jim Dye joining us here momentarily as we uh, try to warm up a little bit. It's, uh, well, one thermometer says about two degrees. The other says five. So it's somewhere in between single digits. Remember the, the count from Sesame Street? One, one degree, two, two <laughs> degrees. We're going up slowly. I prefer five degrees, you, even, you, even you, if it's uh, not, not much better than one. But You didn't watch Sesame Street, did you? Uh, you know, I was a little old for that. Okay. Well, that was right in my alley. But so. I do want to say that I always had a lot of, had a lot of respect for Kermit the Frog and the Cookie Monster. That's right. Kermit the Frog and Sesame Street News. Remember that? That was, that was pretty fun. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. I'm, I, I get to see you this time. That's right. Uh, you know, I'm trying to stay out. Stay out of the cold and I, my dog is not too thrilled about going out for walks but we have to do a little bit of that and uh, come back as soon as possible so I'm, I'm just hoping the sun will come out and and that we'll get some actual uh, 30 degrees plus temperatures yeah. soon we did shovel our sidewalks didn't we we were complying with my all sidewalks of the, are all the rules clear, although i did not shovel it <laughs> This All right, time. Jim Dye is with us here at hour number two. Always have him on a couple of uh, every couple of weeks. I'm glad to have him on. Three five six nine three nine seven. Text us Castle Heating and Cooling text line three five one five three five seven. You can email us talk at wdws dot com. We hit on several stories, national and local, in the first hour. The president's in excellent health. What what president is it usually? Right. Uh, yeah, as a matter of uh, history, I guess that's that's true. Although I don't think JFK had certainly had his problems uh, health wise oh, yeah. that they tried to cover up, and uh, you know I just don't recall too much about uh, the the history of that. But I, I I guess with Trump it was a big deal because so many in the press corps seem to think that he's either physically or mentally ill, but apparently he's neither. So well, I, I've never I don't know if I've taken a cognitive test. I don't know what's involved in that, but he got a thirty out of thirty. Yeah, that's and- pretty good. That's you, you know good. what's on those? And he I, doesn't wear dentures either. So. He doesn't wear <laughs> dentures. And the slurring, I guess, uh, one day he was at a press conference overseas or something, and they said it was the Sudafed or Well, you know what? If you had to do as much public speaking as uh, as any president does, you probably slur your words from time to time, stumble over them, and uh, 
misspeak uh, right and left. So I, I actually I don't take that too seriously because presidents do so much public speaking. How could they how could they help but flub their lines sometimes? Once in a while, Absolutely. yeah. I mean, even, even, even on, you flub your well, words. Yeah, even, even on the radio, we, yeah. we mess up once in a while. Absolutely. So. All right, any questions or comments here on the issues of the day? We've been talking a lot today here, uh, Jim, about uh, Lincoln Square. That was... Yeah. Of course, in its uh-huh. heyday was the place, the but place. they've tried to figure out what to do with it. I guess Diane Marlin, we heard from her last hour a little bit, and she was on this morning, but uh, she's taking input, I guess, as to what to do next. Well, you know, it's one of those things where everybody has all these grand ideas about what they want to do, but it's, but I would think in the end it's going to have to involve uh, significant private sector investment, and, and that's when it gets a little, little difficult. I mean, I don't know. I suppose the hotel uh, could eventually be replaced with another hotel, but... The it's not not for a price of five million dollars or four million dollars to buy the current hotel. The your upfront costs would be so great that you don't see how you could possibly make a make a profit. So I mean that's a really a, a terrible a terrible issue to for the city to deal with. I, you know, I wish him the best on it, but boy, I don't know how you solve this problem. Of course, Health Alliance is getting ready to move. Uh, Another big hole at, uh, at uh, that's going to mm-hmm. you know cause big problems at Lincoln Square. I, you know unless they get somebody to replace them right away, but that, that's a big spot mm-hmm. to fill. Why hasn't that hotel worked? Why why the issue with trying to renovate that? I mean, it was also in its day a terrific hotel. But. Well, you know, we got a lot of hotels in Champaign-Urbana. Mm-hmm. You know, and the competition is brutal. And uh, you know, I guess the costs of the costs of operation must just be such that that you have to have a tremendously high occupancy rate to uh, uh, to make a profit. Now, I know when the the current owner went in there, you know, he did a lot of he did a lot of spending to try to bring the place up to uh, proper standards, but I, it's my understanding that they every time they, you know, when you tear something down and you find out what's underneath it, you know, sometimes you discover problems that require even more money to fix. So That's right. 356-9397, Texas, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Jerry joins us here in the second hour at 1016. Hi, Jerry. <coughs> Hi, guys. I got a frog in my throat. Oh, no. Try this. <laughs> <laughs> Take a drink of water and calm that down. Uh, my question is uh, the snow removal plan. If you just rent your house, are you responsible for clearing the sidewalks, or is it your landlord? <laughs> hmm. Were you talking about Champagne or Banner or just anywhere? Uh, well, Urbana's the one with the law that you have to clear it when they declare it, right? I thought both cities did, but well, I think if you're an occupant of a residence and the city tells you that that you need to clear your sidewalks, I, I don't think it makes a lot of difference if you're a tenant or a, an owner. I think you probably, uh, if you can, should get it done. I mean, it's a it's a problem. I mean, I've gotten notices before from the post office saying. If you don't uh, shovel your sidewalk, we're not going to deliver your mail. So uh, I guess yeah. you got to do it. So so basically, if you don't do it, they then charge you to do it, right? Well, I mean, if, they if charge they, you if for they them do doing it, it. if yeah. they do it for you, they're going to give you a bill. That's for sure, and and it won't be cheap either. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, does the landlord have to pay that bill, or are you responsible yeah. for it? I suppose that would be up to the terms of your lease. All I can tell you is when I was a kid, I used to go door-to-door. I had a door-to-door snow shoveling business, and I would charge a dollar to yeah. people that would pay I would me. think it would be the landlord, but, I mean, because the landlord's responsible. You know, when you have a leak in your house, I mean, the landlord's there to fix it. I don't well, know. who mows the lawn? Well, that's true. 
<laughs> That's really a good question, Jerry. You stumped us. If anybody yeah. knows the answer, they should call. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know how, well, it's kind of like Nazi Germany. The town is telling you, you must do this or we'll do it for you and charge you. Yeah. And uh, I, I just don't see how that's legal. Yeah. Maybe a judge or somebody or lawyer that's listening can uh, give me uh, insight into that. Well, I think they're, refer- they're, they're referring to the issue of public safety and uh, getting around and mm-hmm. Uh, aren't these aren't these rules mostly don't they don't they just apply to heavily traveled heavily traveled yeah, routes there's, there's certain corridors i think certain areas of town where it applied i think yeah but but don't worry because the city of urbana is not going to put you in an internment camp if you don't uh shovel your snow so that might be better i wouldn't have to shovel it. <laughs> <laughs> well i guess that depends on the conditions of the camp yeah <laughs> hey jerry your voice sounds better Thank you. 356-9397. Don't know if we helped him there or not. Um, I don't think we did much for him. (laughs) Mike uh, sends an email, says, Brian, I have an excellent way to give Urbana millions of dollars and solve the Lincoln Square area problem. Build a NASCAR track there. Bring NASCAR to Urbana. Fans will come. Well, that would be interesting, (laughs) wouldn't it? (laughs) I'm not sure there's enough room there. They may need more space than that. Yeah, I I would think so, but maybe they could take City Hall with it. I was trying to think because uh, all the different main occupants of that store. Somebody mentioned Herberger's. I think that was in the article. Carson Perry Scott was yep. in there. Yep. Uh, there used to be a restaurant in there that was kind of in the, where the whale was. Yeah. Back in that area. On and a the, lot of on things. Back side of that. Yeah. I can't remember everything about that. And but. they've all come and gone. That should tell you something. Yeah. I know a lot of people like to walk there for sure. But they do. That doesn't raise a lot of money. Though. Maybe that does set a precedent for the NASCAR thing, though. All right, 356-9397, and we're texting as well here today. Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. Let's go back to the phones. Jim Dye is with us this morning, and Janice is with us. Hi, Janice. Good morning. Um, I caught just the end of that last discussion. My ears perked up when you said leases because that's what I do. Um, and I think you're talking about if someone doesn't, uh, shovel or snow in the city, you know, threatens we're going to do it if you don't kind of thing. The, the question yeah. was, if you're a tenant, who has the responsibility uh, to clean the sidewalks? Is it the, is it the tenant or is it the, is it the property or is it the property owner? Right. Uh, in my opinion, I, I'm not a legal expert, I'm not an attorney. However, um, as someone who does many, many leases, it's 100% dependent upon what the lease states. Um, and any decent lease, should specifically state who handles the lawn mowing and the snow removal. I know mine certainly do. And in a single-family home, uh, that usually uh, falls upon uh, the tenant to do. Um, and if it's a uh, an apartment building, or whatever, it's usually the landlord. My also my also understanding is that the law from the city applies really for businesses. I don't think that they usually uh, threaten homeowners, hey, if you don't shovel your snow, we're going to do something about it. Right. Is that correct? That's kind of what I'm thinking. We get a text from Gary says snow removal requirement is for business areas. Yeah. Uh, and they've got a, and the city of Urbana declaring the sidewalk snow and ice removal requirement in effect for the downtown, University, and South Philo Road snow removal districts. Yes. And then the campus and, town area. Yes. 
And I will just mention that, you know, tenants have got a phenomenal resource in terms of the CU Tenant Union. That that organization is 100% for the tenant. And until recently, there hasn't been a whole lot going on for the landlord, uh, but there are um, a couple of organizations. Um, I have one of them where we have a forum for investors. We meet once a month that are owners of rental property to discuss how we can improve our businesses and be, you know, smarter and understand leases, et cetera. So if anyone is interested, um, might I give contact information? Oh, sure. And yeah. that'd, be, that'd be great. Um, so let's see, I'll give uh, email Janice, J-A-N-I-C-E, at communitywelcomeservice.com. And um, if anybody wants to uh, contact us, we'll invite them uh, if they want to come to our meeting so we can be discussing things like this. And we bring in guest speakers who are attorneys and appraisers and um, anybody at all involved in real estate. So very, thank you. Very good. Jan- Janice at communitywelcomeservices.com. Uh, Community Welcome Service, singular. Singular. Yes. All right, dot com. Uh-huh. Okay, very good. Thanks. Yeah, I want to make sure I got that right. All right, thank you, Janice. <laughs> Bye. Appreciate it. Uh, text here says, I don't think it'd be the possibly be the tenant's responsibility. What if the building had 20 tenants? And also a text says here, convert Lincoln Square to the new county jail. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> you know, one of the biggest problems with dealing with, with uh, if you're going to convert it to something, you're basically going to have to level level uh, the hotel or the, or the, uh, the, the entire structure itself. And that's going to cost a fortune right there. So it's the reason why people usually want to build on open ground, and one of the reasons is the cost of removing what's... Well, we had that debate with the uh, State Farm Center in Assembly yeah, Hall, right? We did. They we did. did. And uh, they remodeled it. All right, we're, and did a great job, by the way. 10-23, we'll take a break. We're here with Jim Dye. We're talking Lincoln Square Mall. We're talking uh, gaming a little bit here in Champaign. The president's health. Anything else you want to bring up? Snow removal. We had that come up, complete with pictures here on a text. That's that's pretty cool. I like that. We're back with more Penny for Your Thoughts after this. And I think what triggered some of that is the loss the other night at Nebraska at the buzzer. We're on Penny for Your Thoughts. Brian Barnhart, Jim Dye is alongside on, of course, the editorial staff here at the News Gazette. And Anna Wall jumps in here. Hi, Anna Wall. Good morning. It is a pleasure to call in. And at the outset, let me state that it's not often that I hear my two favorite reporters together. But the reason I'm calling in this morning is to ask a question. This is the main reason. When Obama was elected, did he have to go through all these heart and uh, physical examinations that the present president's going through? I don't remember. That's why I'm asking. Oh, I think all presidents uh, have annual physicals and the... Uh... <clears throat> the results are always reported to uh, to the media just because of the general public interest in the president's health. I mean, this president obviously is uh, different from his predecessors, and everything he does seems to generate a little more excitement than uh, than uh, his predecessors. But yes, they all do go through it, and I think President Obama, when he went through it, uh, the results were unsurprisingly mm-hmm. good, and uh, that was that. But uh, you know, we have had these presidential health scares over the years. I mean, I think President Bush had a heart thing. The, the first President Bush had and, a fainting uh, spell and, over in Japan on a foreign trip. And he got time. the flu and threw up in the Prime Minister of Japan's lap. <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> and of course, uh, Ronald Reagan had a couple bouts with cancer, and in addition to the assassination oh, attempt. So, no, there's really nothing new about it. I think maybe the media excitement is is a little uh, extreme and different from the past, but that's really all that's different. Well, during that time, I was working and didn't have a chance to listen for Penny for your thought. So I honestly did not know the answers, and that's why I'm bothering you. Yeah, no, but you're not. Up. You're not bothering us, Anna Wall. Those, those are good but questions. Good work. All right. Thank you, Anna Wall. Thank you. Great to hear from you here. We're at 1029. We're here with Jim Dye. You know, presidential health has actually been kind of a controversial issue over the years. You talk about, I just got done reading a book about President Roosevelt, who was a dying man when he ran for Mm -hmm. president in 19... uh, The fourth term. 44, and in 1960, when President Kennedy was doing everything he could to make sure that, I should say, then presidential candidate Kennedy was doing everything he could to make sure... Uh, nobody knew he had Addison's disease. And back in 1992, when Paul Songus, uh, who had recovered from cancer, was uh, telling everybody that he was fit as a fiddle and would not have a problem uh, if he was uh, elected president. And then, of course, he his cancer came back and he died. So presidential health is, is a big thing, and it's something that... Uh, uh, has to keep uh, has to be kept in the public eye. There was some interesting stories. I was reading about FDR in his last few years of life, uh, last couple of years when he was running for re-election in 1944, and how ill he was. He was, yeah. And there was a lot of controversy around the doctors, what they were telling the press, and of yeah, course absolutely. there wasn't nearly the press that we have now. But yeah. what they were telling, what they were revealing, because everybody around the president knew he's not going to he's not going to make it and very- after after this election. Whoever he appoints. Whoever he picks, whoever is selected as the vice president is going to be the president. You know, I just finished reading a book called The Last Hundred Days. It was about the last hundred days of of, uh, Roosevelt's presidency when, in fact, he was basically dying by inches. And uh, they were constantly trying to, you know, get him to cut back on his workload, which is hard to do when he's overseeing uh, World War War, II and trying to create the United Nations and and all those things. And uh, people that hadn't seen him for a while would come to see him and they would be shocked by his appearance and... And then he would bounce back. But it was really kind of a, well, it was terrible for him because he had to know he was dying. As a matter of fact, he was making arrangements uh, in his will for for things to be distributed and having meetings with his son and about that sort of thing. So it was really a sad situation. But mm-hmm. for the country, it was... Uh, it was uh, it was ca- a case of the public being kept in the dark by the president's doctors and by the you know by the president's people because it was also about maintaining power. We're at ten thirty one. Michael Kaiser has new news headlines. That first half hour went quickly here with uh, Jim Dye. He's with us the second half hour of this second hour of Penny. After this on DWS, Brian Barnhart. We're here with Jim Dye on a Penny for your thoughts tomorrow morning. If you've had the flu or you know somebody who has, and most of us have. Julie Pride's going to join us in hour number one at 9 o'clock. We'll talk about that. 10 o'clock open line and then 10.30 Busey Money Talk. We're talking uh, all kinds of things here with Jim Dye, the presidential health, presidential history of health. We're talking uh, Lincoln Square, what to do with that. We've had several suggestions on that. Somebody said make it the new county jail. Uh, also, we're talking about gaming in Champaign. And if there's anything else you want to bring up, feel free to do that. We talked a little bit about snow removal. Again, the phone number is 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357, and email us, talk at wdws.com. I want to remind you, the Facer Law Office is doing this free seminar, Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Your Assets, and Your Family from the Cost of Long-Term Care. Learn about the law that completely changes the rules. That's today at 1.30 at the I-Hotel. Call the Facer Law Office, 337-1111.
All right, we can go back to the phones here if you'd like to join us that way. I do want to mention uh, about the gaming in Champaign. There's some, uh, I didn't realize this, and I think you wrote this editorial, Jim Dye. Uh, 25,000 video gambling machines at 5,700 locations in Illinois at the end of 2016. $1.1 billion in revenue. It's interesting, and you know what you're finding is that the uh, they're starting to cannibalize the video gambling machines are starting to cannibalize the uh, casino income. So I, I suppose there's there's got to be a limit here on terms of how much money the state can actually derive from. But it's uh, it's all these different forms of gambling are are kind of uh, infringing on each other, and of course mm-hmm. the horse racing industry is on its knees and. The people that run the lottery keep trying to figure out these new games they can do to attract people. And, of course, we've really made it easy now with the video gambling virtually on every street corner. And then, of course, you have the casinos, which there are 10 or 12 of those. I forget now. But uh, they used to be money machines, and they they still are to a degree, but not what they once were. And you right here, as far as Central Illinois goes, Springfield, number one, with 144 gaming establishments that contain 200 and just under 250 video terminals. Decatur was three, Bloomington six, and Champaign number seven. And they say uh, the Illinois Gaming Board reports that gamblers in Champaign spent more than $5 million on those machines in December. Yeah, just December. One the, month. The numbers you just gave us, that was at the end of 216. So mm-hmm. we haven't got the numbers for 217, but you can bet that they're up, I would suspect, probably around 10 to 20%. Yeah. I'm just always a little startled when I go, you know, go into a buy, maybe in a restaurant or yeah. buy some like a gas station, and I'm like, oh. There's gaming here. You know, I was I was surprised with that. I was eating. I had dinner at, at the Italian patio, and and I was uh, waiting to be seated. And I took a little walk around the little waiting area, and I turned to my right, and I see this little room where all these <laughs> gambling machines are. So, is there this fear uh, subliminally about turning into Pottersville? You know, from uh, it's a beautiful life, or it's a wonderful life where. There's, like, gaming on every corner. And uh, well, it is a gaming virtue on every corner, and uh, that's what the le- state legislature uh, voted to create, and that's what we now have. But, uh, you so know, what, I don't know. There are two There are two minds in this. One is that government uh, should not create opportunities for people who can't afford to lose to, to lose money, and the other is that, uh, well, people are have independent uh, free will, and they can make their own choices about what they want to do for entertainment. And, and if, it's gonna be, if people are going to be gambling, it's better for the state to legalize it and tax it. And of course, you know, you did have gambling or these video machines in um, that were already in place. They were just illegal. Now, here's one thing that's interesting: Chicago does not have video gambling. So why doesn't Chicago, which is basically going broke, uh, not have video gambling? And my theory is that it's always been it's always been under the control of the mob in Chicago, and and the mob has political influence in Chicago. So out of respect for the mob and its political influence, Rahm Emanuel <laughs> doesn't have video gambling in Chicago. <laughs> That's your theory. That's huh? my theory. That's you know, Chicago theory? is there. Yeah. Are, uh, Chicago is not an honest city now. You know, just remember that. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, uh, why wouldn't Chicago uh, have video gambling? <laughs> I'm thinking all the how how easy could it, it be? It would be. They, they on the other to, hand, well, you don't want to make the you don't want to make the mob mad. <laughs> that's right. And they tried a soda tax and that bomb. Yeah, that's there. right. Uh, let's go to Tom. How are you, Tom? I'm uh, not too bad. I got a two-part question. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know either one of you would know the answer. Uh, did the president or has the president been to college? And if he has, did he get an associate's uh, bachelor's? President master or President Trump is a graduate of an Ivy League school, the University of Pennsylvania, and a graduate of the Wharton School of Business. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's all I want to know. Thank uh, you. Okay. Not Trump University. Not right? Trump University. Okay. No. He, 
He left that for somebody else to attend. You know what a, I mean, I got to say, just I just hearing that name, it, uh, it it makes me very skeptical. Trump, you know, I have a degree from Trump University, and furthermore, do they have a good football team there? I don't know. Yeah, I bet they don't have a play-by-play yeah. guy you know, on your part on uh, your level. Are they a Division two or Division three? <laughs> what, what are they? What are they? Uh, this is from Gordon, a text. In single-family homes, we're talking about snow removal. The responsibility of shoveling the sidewalk would normally fall on the tenant unless otherwise specified in the lease. In multifamily units, it usually falls on the owner to clear the snow and take care of the yard. Somebody mentioned that earlier. What if there were 20 tenants? Uh, the penalty or fine will always be sent to the owner of the property. It's up to the owner of the property to then build that back to the – to then build or bill. I don't. It says build. That back to the tenant – if it's the tenant's responsibility. Okay, bill it probably. So, all right, that text from Gordon. Talking about the uh, president's uh, physical, the health, the report from the doctor, says text, it was like a chicken hawk getting an update on a chicken's health. You follow that one? I... Chicken hawk getting an update on <laughs> I don't quite get that one. No, I don't. All right, maybe you could explain that. And also a text from Eric in Champaign. I'd like to hear Jim Dye's opinions on the New information that came out yesterday in the Christensen case, where the where the attorneys wanted to look at a move, oh, move, moving the case. Sure, uh, you know um, that to me is just defense lawyers filing motions because they need to protect their backside when the case is on appeal. Assuming the case is on appeal, protect themselves from uh, uh, incompetency of counsel by not by uh, if they don't do, it, they would be accused of neglecting all possible. Options. I would not get too excited about the change of venue motion because the publicity, and it has been, been it has been heavy locally, uh, has been in basically in Champaign County, Vermilion County areas. But the this district, the court district, is the central district of Illinois, which means they pick uh, jurors. They will pick jurors from all thirty counties. So my prediction is that Judge Bruce is going to take that motion under advisement and tell the lawyers that. Uh, We'll proceed with jury selection here, and if there's a problem, we'll deal with it at the time. And my prediction is there won't be a problem with it because having been in courtrooms uh, numbers uh, numbers of times and watched jurors answer questions about very high-profile uh, criminal activity, uh, it's I've been stunned and disappointed to hear people say they know nothing about it and don't maybe read something about it once years ago and don't remember anything about it. So uh, as far as this business about they want to suppress things, they want to suppress some of the statements and that the that the FBI uh, did searches without proper legal authority. You know, I cannot imagine that the FBI uh, acting under the guidance of the U.S. Attorney's Office would have made mistakes on that scale. So I suspect this is just defense lawyer noise. And that these motions are going to be dealt with, and probably vast majority of them rejected, and the case will go to trial. Talked to Tom Bruno about this last week, and of course he was a part of the case, sure. and then left the case. Uh, they've got other defenders now, uh, defense attorneys. But he said you'd be shocked at how many people we think who follow this. We think everybody knows yeah. about every detail of this case to yeah. this point, and he said you'd be shocked about how many people don't know about it. Well, people have busy lives, and not everybody reads the newspapers or listens to the news, and. And uh, they just don't remember in the kind of detail that, that those of us who have written about it and attended court hearings and and uh, been outside the courthouse with throngs of media and throngs of Chinese students, uh, that's not their world. Uh, and it's perfectly understandable because they have other things to do. But, uh, no, this is just a case of defense lawyers going through the motions, literally, and uh, doing what they should be doing as defense lawyers. But uh, I wouldn't get too excited about it. 
All right, we'll take a break. We're here with Jim Dye, 356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357. Email us, talk at wdws.com. We'll come back with more after this. We are back. Penny for your thoughts continuing here on this Wednesday. We're on January 17 on the calendar. Tomorrow morning, Julie Pride at 9, open line at 10, Busey Money Talk at 1030. We've talked a lot about different things today, the president's health, snow removal. We've talked about Lincoln Square. What are some things that could be done with that? The gaming, uh, the Champaign City Council dealt with some gambling issues, putting a cap on some of the establishments that do that. Uh, it was, what was it, 8-1 to one vote, I think, and Tom Bruno voted against it. So that was interesting. Yeah, but he's not against the city taking money from it, though, is he? <laughs> a lot of money there. Once municipalities get that money, it's hard to... No, they become a... They basically can't say no because... Have you ever met a public official who didn't want more tax revenue? No. <laughs> Uh, and they don't necessarily like raising taxes. So when you have people lining up to throw their money away, it's pretty hard for government to turn that down. 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357, and email us, uh, talk at wdws.com. January's Radon Action Month. Woods Basement Systems radon experts can help determine if a building's radon levels are above the EPA's recommended levels, and if so... They can install an aesthetically pleasing and affordable radon mitigation system. Say that fast a couple of times. There's a lot there. And remember, Woods estimates do not cost you anything. How much is it costing you to not fix a problem like a leak in your crawl space or wall cracks or foundation cracks? I mean, those are really scary when you look at them thinking, what in the world am I going to do? Well, they'll give you a free estimate. You can give them a call at 888-935-4333. Or you can visit woodsbasementsystems.com. We're on Penny for Your Thoughts here this morning. Jim Dye is with me this morning. Don joins the conversation. Hi, Don. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Uh, yeah, I got out of the health uh, little thing with the president. I thought that, yeah, they always talk about uh, the president's war on the media. I mean, I watched that thing, and I'm like, yeah, there's definitely... War on this president from the media. You're talking about I the mean, Jeff. You're talking about the Jeff Flake speech this morning. No, I think he's talking oh. about the all the questions that were being oh. asked of the doctor at the at the White House press conference. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, his, yeah. his health update. That, yeah. that was ridiculous, man. They went on for an hour, and guys go, you know, well, other doctors have watched video, and they think, you know, he, they're worried about his sanity and. What did you get out of that? Well, I think you certainly raise a you certainly raise a valid point. However, I would also point out in defense of the news media, while I did think some of the questions, like I think one question was, "Do you think he?" She asked the doctor, "Do you think he tweets too much?" And he said, "Well, that's not really within my purview." Other questions: Does he have? Does he have? uh, Does he wear dentures? Well, I think he if he wore dentures, I think we'd know it by now. But uh, uh, I, I think they they asked everything except about the racist gene. I think. They yeah, be, they they covered they for forty five minutes. Yeah, they wanted to find out if he was insane or if he was going to die or if he's if he's uh, obese. Uh, in, in defense of the media, uh, I want to say you never want to watch sausage no. being made. And and when reporters are asking questions, right. you're seeing a lot of sausage making that's not very appetizing. Right. No, they didn't care about his health. They were wanting they were wanting to make the point that he, he wasn't sane enough to be president. It was like the chicken hawk getting an update on the chicken's health. Can, can, can you explain that one to us? A chicken hawk getting an update on the chicken? Tail? Yeah. Oh, they want to know how healthy he is so they can eat him? Is that what you're is saying? That 
Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, well, now, now, now you've enlightened us, Don. That's good. We were trying to figure that one out. So, <laughs> all right. Very good. Thank you. President yeah. Trump would object to being characterized, however, as a chicken. Three five six nine three nine seven. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line here at DWS. We're with uh, Jim Dye this morning. Interesting story I found today. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys went back to Hawthorne High School on Monday to fight for a change in his music grade 58 years after he graduated. Wow. Apparently he composed the song Surfin' while in high school for his music teacher, Fred Morgan. Uh, in a tweet shared by Wilson, Morgan said, Brian wrote a composition for me and it turned out to be Surfin'. That composition got an F, but it made a million dollars. That's interesting. <laughs> At this point, I'm not sure it makes a lot of difference for Brian, but uh, well, <laughs> just a point of pride, I guess. The tweet also read, Brian's failing grade has now been changed to an A on this assignment by Dr. Lansfeind. Okay, that reminds me, you know, how many publishers turned down J.K. Rowling's uh, Harry Potter uh, series? So oh, sure, sure. People that are judging uh, art don't always make the best choices. Got a few more minutes left. We'll take another quick break. Back with Jim Dye here on DWS. Penny for your thoughts. Variety of topics this morning on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Glad you're with us. Have been with us all morning. Brian Barnhart here. Jim Dye is joining us, as he usually does, every couple of weeks. Text from Lee says, how much of a problem is it for the prosecution when they do not have a body? Uh, well, it can be a problem. In this case, I don't think it's going to be a problem because I suspect they're going to be able to tell you what happened to the body. And we'll just have to wait and see about that. But, yeah, you, well, you have to prove cause of death. However, I think the, the, circ, the circumstantial evidence in this case would indicate just by virtue of the fact that she was on her way to an apartment complex, disappeared, hasn't had any contact with anyone, nothing, no evidence discovered anywhere that would indicate she's still alive. I don't think it's going to be a problem in this case. And I guess what Ben Zigerman had a kind of a sidebar story yeah, in the paper. We, we had an extensive story yesterday on the defense motions, and, and Ben Zigerman wrote a, wrote a sidebar to that story with a timeline that I think uh, had some really interesting details. And so people who are curious about his about arrest, this, right? At about the time his arrest when they were and about all into... his interactions with the investigators from the FBI and and various things. I mean, they've kept this hush-hush, but at some point uh, things leak into legal motions that uh, that uh, they leak into the public arena because they're included in legal motions and you get a better idea mm. about what uh, about what exactly was going on behind the scenes. Because I mean, he, he was in Ford County at one point. They put him in the Ford County Jail. They, they apparently took him to a hotel and ran tool for a while, which I'd like to know more about that. And this but, was all in the early stages in the, of the whole yeah, investigation. Yeah, they didn't just arrest this guy on a Saturday out of the blue. I mean, they were dealing with him. As soon as they located that car and found out where he was living, then they were doing search warrants and interviews mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And, of course, that's what the defense is trying to make an issue out of in terms of their desire to suppress some of the evidence. A couple of minutes left here on Penny for Your Thoughts. We're at 1057. Rush Limbaugh's show coming up next. Uh, basketball Hall of Famer JoJo White has passed away. Two-time NBA champion with the Celtics and Olympic gold medalist. He was 71. Hard to believe. JoJo White. Boy, he was really good. I remember JoJo White. Yeah. You know, he had a tremendous record of consecutive games played for the Celtics. Is that right? Yeah, he did. I mean, he was an Iron Man. And he was, came from Kansas, right? He came from Kansas, yeah. Wow, pretty good player. Averaged 17 points a game over 13 years. Played also for Golden State and the Kansas City Kings. And the Celtics retired uh, White's number 10 the following year. He was still working with the club as a director of special projects at the time of his death. So uh, JoJo White has passed away. So we got uh, a minute and a half left or so. A government shutdown coming Friday or 
You know, that's really an irritating issue, and it's always over this business about are they going to increase the debt limit, which they always increase. Why do we even have a debt limit? Obviously, it doesn't mean anything. All it does is provide a situation where uh, each side can, each party can try to blackmail the other party into accepting some policy they don't want. And then run on it. And then run on it, yeah. So <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I think it would be a mistake for the Democrats to shut down uh, the federal government over over an, an amnesty issue for for because right now they're not even supportive of a short term measure right now without they say without addressing DACA or the Dreamers and yeah, all. Yeah, to me it makes no sense. But this is politics and gamesmanship, and a lot of that doesn't make <laughs> make sense. If does you're poli- on the outside, does politics ever make any? It's a game that they're playing. It's like a parlor game. Yeah, that it makes nobody sense outside. to the participants. Everybody else just kind of rolls their eyes and says, "What's going on here?" Yeah, that's right. Which is why uh, I think in a lot of ways Donald Trump got a lot of votes because people are well, people tired get tired of, of business as usual when it produces a, a a lousy status quo. I mean, look at the state of Illinois. People of Illinois are sick of, of the way the state of Illinois is run, but. Uh, if if the state of Illinois was doing fine, you know they'd say go play your silly games. We don't care, but you're causing us problems. So hey now Jim, we do care. Thanks for being on. We'll uh, do it again in a couple of weeks. My pleasure. Does work. I'll be All happy right, Jim Die from the News Gazette here on uh, DWS. Penny for your thoughts. Julie Pride in the first hour tomorrow. Join us on a Penny for your thoughts. I'm Brian Barnhart for Jim Die at Bond. Thanks for being with us on WDWS Champaign Urbana. It is now eleven o'clock.